Okay, new edition of Kicking It. We are joined by a World Cup champ, two-time World Cup champ, actually, NWSL champ, Ali Krieger. So good to have you with us. Hey. CBS Sports Analyst as Let's well. Go. Yes. Oh, nice newly go. signed to the TV world. Welcome yes. to the family. We're very happy to have you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. So you've got a lot of new stuff going on with the TV and everything. What about yeah. the football, though? You're retired. Are you missing it already, or are you just enjoying this period of time away from football a little bit? I don't think I'm... I mean, I, I know I'm going to miss it at some point, but right now I think it's just, like, too soon. And I'm still kind of processing uh, the win and, you know, retirement and kind of finishing out. And But I've been so busy, so I think I haven't really had time to process right. all of that. Um, I'm sure you all can relate, but how, how long did it take you guys to miss it? Well, it's different. Yeah, we she went out a champion. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hobbled out. Injured. I was like, lose my number. Yeah. yeah. I hobbled out. And they said, hey, you can't come back. <laughs> she made the choice to leave. Yeah, like, <laughs> my body just couldn't do it anymore. So it, it's it's one of those, I felt relief. Yeah. Because it's a grind. It is. In my case in particular, I felt like I had to, my, my trainings felt like games, the way I had to get up for it and prepare, right. and then my body would break down and I'm all sore the next day, and you know, coaches are pushing you, trying to get more minutes, yeah. and it just was a horrible cycle for that last season that I played. So, like, was your does your body feel up for it? Like, if you wanted to play another season, could you, or? I you, could. You could. I could, but last season I was having little, like, muscle strains and little injuries here and there, and I couldn't play every single game. And that's kind of when I knew, uh, along with, you know, running beside and chasing down 20-year-olds, I'm like, all right, like, what, like, what is going on? Like, I need to get out of here. Um, they weren't beating me, though. They weren't beating me Let too often, too often. But um, I could play another year. I just think that the, young, the youngins can step up and, and take over. And it's time. Yeah, you just, mm. my body, too. It's, it's definitely, it's not worth pushing it through that, you know, um, physical, you know, stress, I guess. What do you look back and think the, the game gave you? Lifelong friendships. Honestly, um, you know, yes, with all the success and the accolades and the championships and things, but walking away, um, you know, a champion, but also these lifelong friendships that I value and that I can carry on through the rest of my life because you endure so much mentally, physically, emotionally that um, and it's such a grind and you have to be your best every day. You have to perform at this like highest level every day. And if you don't bring that, someone else is right behind you ready to like mm. step into your shoes. And, um, and so with that, um, your teammates and, and they become your friends, but they're the only ones that understand what you go through. And so you build these, these bonds that are like unbreakable. And over the years, you kind of are the only ones that really understand. Um, you know, that environment and, and that culture. I think over, you know, that's what I'm most proud of. It's just like having and sharing these experiences with people who I really love and, and you know, have strong friendships with. Were you surprised at how many people came to your side to support you throughout your career? Because, you know, in my case, I had a car accident and there yeah. were a lot of people around me, mm -hmm. but then they disappeared. They weren't mm. there for me mm. in some of those moments. Other people were, and those are the people that are still in my life, but I was shocked to mm. see some of the people I thought would be ride or die, they no longer were by my side or supporting me or felt like I had their support. Mm. And it, 
in her case, I know she's been through some ups and downs before this yeah. this final season. Yeah. And everyone, it felt like, came out to be like, Ali Krieger's the best. I'm here yeah. for you. Yeah. And I was I was even moved by it emotionally. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but like I said before, those bonds are so important. And I think us as you know, women, too, I think we share such a unique bond. And um, I don't know. I, I, it makes me emotional because We've gone through so much, um, both privately and, and professionally, together that we're able to have these deep conversations with each other day in and day out, and um, we're not being judged for it. And it's, you know, yeah, we, we are in these like uncomfortable situations, but we all, you know, share how we're really feeling. And I think that's maybe an, the next layer to our friendship and not just on the field. Like what you see and what all the fans and supporters see is, yeah, okay, they're good footballers and they're winning and they're successful. But then off the field, it's like, we go through some shit and you all know that, but we all share that with each other. We have these deep conversations that I think, you know, grow that bond even more. And I think that's why maybe they were even more supportive um, outwardly. And also people understand between right and wrong, you know? And um, I think that's important too in, in the situations that we've been in over the years. How hard did you find it over these last seasons to balance personal life and football in terms mm -hmm. of being a mom, having two kids? Like, mm -hmm. just the other day, right, you were talking about, I respect full-time moms so much, like, it's just yeah. an incredible job. Yeah. It's a, like, that should be a salaried mm -hmm. job. Yeah. <laughs> how, mm -hmm. I promise you. How did you find that, <laughs> creating that balance? It's really hard. It's really hard. Um, luckily, I, you know, had help. Um, and, you know, even on trips, I'd bring the kids. Um, not every trip because I do want to focus, but even to the semifinal in Portland, I brought the kids just to have that experience and yeah. it's a lot. Um, but having them around the team helps too because the, the, the other women on the team, they want to like help and, and, you know, hang out with the kids. So that makes it fun and easy, but I want to, you know, integrate them as much as possible and get them used to traveling and get them used to just like different experiences and, and be around such powerful, beautiful women is, is, you know, um, it can only help them grow. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was also one of the reasons. But yeah, it is difficult to balance because I'm having to get up in the morning. I have to take them to school or to daycare. And then I'm from there, I go right to training. Um, you have your meetings, you train, you have Chill. your meetings after training, you have recovery, you have treatment, you have all the things. I mean, it's a 24 hour job. Tired and then I gotta home, make sure. Take a nap, yeah, I wanna man. come home, but I mean, it's already three and I gotta go pick up the kids. It's like, or, or four. And I'm like, God, I gotta go get someone already. And, you know, so it's just a nonstop thing a lot during of the week. Working moms I know exist with a kind of like a, a constant sense of guilt. Yeah, I do have mom guilt at times because you want to do all the things and you're, you want to play and you want to continue working. And, um, but also on the other hand of that, I'm like, I'm showing her that I'm loving what I do and I'm working hard at something and I want to be successful and that hopefully will encourage her and motivate her to want to do the same. Uh -huh. Um, so there's like a balance in that too, but yeah, I have mom guilt sometimes too, and I'm like, I yeah, I want to go to a you, dinner. You might miss their first steps being at a game. I missed her second birthday because we had preseason mm. last year, and I'm, th you know, I'm sitting there thinking like, all right, well, should I face like let's just Facetime and have a little party, you know? It's like okay, uh, but sometimes it's like that's what you have to do for you know. Um, to keep a roof over their head, really. How does six kids sound to you? Is that, is that something that could <laughs> be in your future? I was, I was like, that's Pray. not, hey, I don't think that's for me. Hey, how does having a hat from Goodwill sound to you? <laughs> <laughs> but I support you. I support you. Man. He's, been, he's been sitting on that one. Oh, oh, oh he has, but he's been waiting to drop oh. that. <laughs> now the tables have turned, Kate. <laughs>
Can I, can I ask what age your kids were when you adopted them? Yeah, uh, right at birth. Oh, it was? Yeah, Ocean, I got, uh, we adopted him two weeks later just to make sure um, everything was signed and sealed um, with the birth parents. Mm -hmm. yeah, but mm -hmm. we, we were at her birth, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh -huh, and almost like received her. We were in That's like, a different experience. Yeah, like 20 minutes in after she was born. Did you feel that? Because obviously, if you're carrying the child, you're, yeah. you're expected yeah, to bond right. and, and for that to grow. As mm -hmm. soon as you received the baby, did yeah. you feel that bond? Or does it take time when you're an adoptive parent for that to grow? It was a mix. Like, it, it was just like a wow experience. Kind of just like, I can't believe we're in this room right now. And like, she's right there. And they're, they're doing all the tests with her and everything. And you're, you feel a part of it. Like, you uh -huh. feel like she's yours. But nothing was signed yet. And you have like 48 hours to wait. Um, from in Florida. Is that how that works? Not in every state. Okay. Um, but in Florida, the birth mom has 48 hours to decide if she is still going to give her up for, for adoption mm. or, um, or keep, you know, keep her. Okay. And so at that time, we were still kind of on pins and needles waiting. And so it was a really stressful moment. Um, you know, you think she is yours, but then you're like, okay, I got to be, I got to just like relax I gotta a little bit. I got to hold off and not get too attached because she's almost impossible. But yeah, we weren't, it wasn't official. Uh -huh. And so after the 48 hours, then when things were official, we were like, okay, this is now setting in. Uh -huh. um, and when we took her home, it was then, yeah, lights Very out. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Did you guys get to be at your child, children's birth? I was at all, everyone. All six? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was able to be there for all of them. And yeah, you can't describe that feeling of when you actually hold them and then the responsibility that you have knowing forward that for the rest of your life, you know, you're going to take care of them. But I can't even imagine <clears throat> what you had to go through in terms of not knowing is everything signed and sealed and you know you've got this beautiful baby that you've been looking forward to having and being a mom and being able to take care of them and have all these special moments, but not knowing at that one moment that they, it could be taken back. So I can't even imagine what that must have been like for you. Yeah. How's it, how's it going to work on the other side in terms of <clears throat> when do you think it's going to be that right moment to tell your kids about? Yeah, I've thought about that, right? Because it's like I, you know, I'm not I being worry. funny, but they must, well, not at this point, no. but they're going to know at some point pretty quickly for that sure. they're not your birth children, For right? sure, yeah, for sure. Um, it's not right now, but soon. Um, I, I do want to be super open and honest with my kids about that. And I also want to, you know, maybe start some type of therapy sessions for them too, because I don't want, the last thing I want them to feel is abandonment and not feeling accepted and that, you know, um, so that's something that I think we're gonna try to, you know, have a better approach on and make sure that they have everything they need to, you know, feel valued and appreciated and loved just as much as you is would it, if you came from. Is it hard to know how to handle certain issues, the race issue, right? Mm -hmm. Because raising children, African-American children in America is, is a responsibility. Right. It's something that obviously you've not had to go through no. personally, mm -hmm. right? So how do you, do you kind of consider that responsibility? For sure. Um, before we signed up for the adoption process, we said any race, any gender. And it just so happened that, you know, Ocean and, and Sloan um, were, the, were the children that, um, you know, Actually, their birth So that's not a selection us. that you make. That's no, just, okay. We were open to any gender, any race. Okay. Um, and then that was just, um, you know, basically they chose us, I should say. Mm -hmm. um, I know that there's always work that's going to have to be done. Um, mm -hmm. And I need to put in the work in order to make sure that I am a parent to them that can 
hopefully make sure that they will have a good understanding of who they are and where they come from and have all the tools to not tell them what to do um, or how to do it, but to help them figure it out for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I need to make sure that I'm doing my work educating myself, mm -hmm. I'm asking the right questions, I'm taking these courses, I'm learning from my best friends. Um, I'm just putting energy into learning about how to help navigate us as a family gotcha. uh, in America. And that will be consistent throughout the rest of my life for them and for me. I think it's, honestly, I think it's dope that you're, first of all, you've taken on that responsibility. I'm raising mixed race kids. Yeah. Their Mexican side, I will never ever be able to speak right. to because I just, I've never experienced that. Right. But I still similarly want them to grow up embracing every bit of who they are, mm -hmm. celebrating every bit of who they are. And mm -hmm. so, no, I just want to say that it's a lot of respect that you are being proactive. And because yeah. as Kate said, it is, it's a challenge. It's it a, is. and it's a massive I responsibility. You know what I mean? And so, Sloan, Ocean, they're going to grow up in an environment, in a world where they're being bred to have success. And that's yeah. a big part of that is thanks to you. Yeah. And I ultimately, I just want them to be happy, yeah. healthy. I want them to be strong and kind and, and brave. And so, yeah, I need to make sure I'm doing the work um, in order to help them, you know, yeah, find themselves. Are so, you going to oh. make them play soccer? Because we have, we have this debate all the time about our kids. I signed like. Sloan up for soccer. <laughs> um, it's soccer shots right now. But then um, I spoke to Yael, our GM, at the club, and I was like, listen, what club do I need to be getting her into? Because she actually loves it. Really? She, yeah, she loves going to mommy's games. And, um, you know, we'll practice in the house now. And um, she's got a good left foot, actually. Okay. So Lefty. I'm like, listen. Yeah, we can go. We could go somewhere with that. A lot of teams. Listen, are looking she need for an that. agent. I mean, yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I, I won't force them. No, but I think you know, Ocean will be a little running back. He's like my little. He's our little athlete. He's for sure just like tough as nails. She, you know, we can we can work on her athleticism a little bit. Sometimes she'll just trip in the middle of the house, and She's I'll be three, like, "All right." right? <laughs> yeah, but like she got tired. Like, that's that's the same with my three-year-old. He, I'm like, he trips everywhere. I'm like, Girl, He's what is going on? It's, they got to go to their body. I'll just hey, decide. Yeah, like yeah. I'm not gonna force him, but I'm gonna force him. He's like fell three yeah. times and like busted his chin open. It's it's just falling over like, his own feet. Yeah. He's these two are already experiencing like coaching their kids. Yeah. I haven't really experienced that yet, so I'm like listening to them, trying to get yeah, advice, yeah. like what's the best I'm approach. Yes, yeah, I mean, like, which is like, I'm trying to get, I can't I'm trying find to, that balance. No. I'm trying like, to get advice. We're gonna do it. Let's do it. <laughs> like, let's win. Because <laughs> well, he, he said he had a buddy. He says, "Got four things for you. Did you have fun?" I was like, "I got three things for you. Did we win?" Right. <laughs> That's fun for me. <laughs> no, 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 this is my, so my question me. is for you because no, your dad coach, right? Yeah, my dad coached me my whole youth. Yeah. Right. So I'm curious, like, what approach he took with you because he he helped to produce. Yeah. World-class athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he molded me into a good player at such a young age. I was like seven years old, and we're doing like one-twos, you know, with like my club team, and we're winning like, you know, state championships and regional championships. Like I was, but also I credit the players who were also on my team because like I, I wasn't the best player on my team, right. and so they made me better. So I was lucky that like, you know, those girls showed up every day wanting to like play and have the same mentality, really. Yeah. Um, but my dad, I think, instilled that in us, too. So, yeah, we were like... Was he hard on you, though? Like, yeah, he was like... hard on me, and it was hard to separate sometimes dad and coach yeah. at home. I was mm -hmm. like, How often okay. did you practice at I was home? like, can I just get my dad? I right. just need, like, a hug and not, like, be hard on me. And But, um, you know, I carried my own bag, my own water bottle, and he was like, you'll figure it out. 
But it has to be a difficult position to be in, be coaching your kids, because it's the nepotism of either we're going to do two things. Either one, be easier on your kid, or be more difficult on your kid. It sounded yeah. like you had to deal with be more difficult on I was them. like, okay, Dad. He'd be like, get on the line. No. I'd be like, I just, I don't know. I, I knew he was trying to get the best out of me. He could, like, demand a lot, because, like, you know, I was willing to do the work, but... I mean, at times I was just like, can we just like play a game and like have fun, like a shooting game and just like have fun and chill? But it was always like serious. And then towards the end of training, it got easier. But then the rides home, sometimes I was uh, like, the rides home, the rides home for me is when I got it. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that's when I was. There was no escaping it. You know, right. if I'm at the field, I can. Right, I'll be right back. I'm gonna go play over here and go yeah. play with my friends or whatever. You in the car. He had a, ch- on, he had a truck, nowhere. and I'd be like, can I actually just sit in the back, <laughs> And, like, you would just drive in me the home. Bed of the <laughs> truck. Just right? I'm like, I'm going to sit back here with the balls and all the gear, and you can just, you know, oh, do you, man. but... I feel like when you're getting divorced, um, it can take a long time, because obviously you're getting divorced because there are negative things that have happened or the way the relationship has kind of gone in a negative direction. It can take a long time to get to a point that you can say, okay, this was a negative end, but Mm -hmm. actually we had X amount of really great years and I still cherish Mm -hmm. that time. Somehow in the the moment of the divorce, it kind of tarnishes everything. Yeah. It's a grieving process, It is a grieving process, and I saw... Um, more good times than bad, for sure, or else I wouldn't have been in something for 14 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely saw um, a lot of the good. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, just um, life happens and things happen, and you now I feel like the universe sent me a gift, like I said before, and I'm going to take it. And Do you I feel think, ready to move forward? Yeah, I think rejection is also projection. So I'm ready to move forward into this next phase with my kids. And um, Are you open to dating yet? I, I am. Yes? I am. Okay, you asked an auto question. Um, <laughs> and that, and it can take a minute to feel hey, ready for I that. Have. I mean, are things private. Sorry. Hey. Okay. That's okay. And I might be like opening up to 100% of the population, not just 50 oh. at this time. Oh. <laughs> I got some friends that might be submitting some applications. Surprise. <laughs> no. Um, I'm, I'm actually just open. Um, I'm just being open, and I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm working on that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and through therapy, it's definitely helped me, um, yeah, have a new perspective. And I just want to be happy. Does that feel and like a scary idea, though, opening back up in that way? It does, because I was so hurt. Um, and only six months ago, uh-huh. and I never thought that my life would take this type of turn. But I'm ready to continue to heal. Mm. I'm ready to be this new version of myself, um, definitely leaving that version who had to kind of get through that war. Um, right. And I've been, um, you know, I had that armor on for so long that now I'm kind of like unarmoring myself and I'm peeling back layers and I'm really discovering myself like on such a deeper level Mm. and it's actually really enjoyable and it's so confronting right when you go into therapy and you're like gosh I didn't know I was like dealing with all this shit and like even childhood trauma Mm -hmm. and things that are coming up I'm like oh that's why I was in this because it was so familiar for me from this experience when I was young Mm -hmm. and like I'm trying to heal the inner alley I mean we can go into all the things Um, but through therapy it's like so healing now that I'm able to recognize why I feel a certain way around certain people Mm. or why I feel a certain way when I do certain things. And I'm like, okay, well now at least I'm aware and I can recognize that and not carry it into my next relationship um, or friendship Mm -hmm. because I think those are just as valuable. 
Tell you what, you're you're you you're a beast. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying. I'm processing all this right now. You can just right tell now. you're like, a warrior the, how you talk. No, but I'm just saying, like, you processing. I'm processing all this. Like, the timetable is right before you going to win a championship too. Like, the like that's crazy. You know what the I mean? Emotions. Like, yeah. The emotions of getting yeah. to a final already. You know it's your last year. Then you got to throw that add, added layer on, and somehow you still go out there wearing the armband, captain your team to success. Like, bro, I gotta. But then, <laughs> like, it's crazy. Then, then for me, also after after the season, you know, yeah. you're not getting much time to take a breath and being like, okay, that was a lot. What I went through, whether it was you know relationship wise, whether it was career wise, and mm -hmm. it's like. Having that mental break, like for me, I needed two years away, yeah. you know, and then going straight from playing, now going to the TV side, still being around the game, yeah. and having the energy to like to keep going. Because yeah. for me, it was like I was burned out. I needed that time away to to want it to be around it again. Right. Yeah. Honestly, football helped me though get through because you know I use. I think I've always done this, and it's so familiar for me when I was young, dealing with my parents' divorce and everything. Um, when I would play soccer and I would go out to the field, you don't have to think about anything else. You just, like, you play free and you have fun and you you just, that's the only thing you're focused on so you can forget about everything else. And I've, I've used that as a tool, which now I'm kind of having to unpack that a lot mm. um, now you know, having to deal, because I'm going to have to have an outlet somehow. And I had to figure that out. But football was always the outlet. And so I would just, I used that as, as an outlet. I was so busy with soccer and leading the team and winning a championship that I was, I was just kind of putting everything else on the back burner. And now, like, in this moment, I'm having to now process everything and sit with everything. And so that's why um, it's been you know, a difficult couple months. And I knew that when I got to the end, I was like, oh shit, I'm happy. But now I gotta deal with, yeah, <laughs> I gotta yeah, deal with actually, the mess. Yeah. Um, so I kind of pushed that aside and played one, thank goodness, um, put all my energy into that, literally. Um, that and my kids. And then now I'm dealing with are you like a props? gym person now? What do you do? I always wonder what professional athletes do when She's they suddenly like... <laughs> okay. I, I haven't worked out since the final, I'll tell you that. I needed my body to rest. My back was killing me, my knees were hurting. So I, I gave myself some time. Do you remember when Mo was on a just a bicep plan? Where he, <laughs> year after he was done, he had this like incredible chest and he couldn't fit through the door, but his legs were still the twigs, you know, like. I was like, it's like hey, you look like Deontay Wilder. Yeah. You're skipping like this. He was like the definition of top heavy. He was just coming through. I was like, yo, how, this man's how exaggerating. much protein is this guy taking in? And the biceps were, you remember. He's exaggerating. On, but you were on yeah. a kick. I mean, you do things to keep yourself busy. And I just was like, man, I got, I have nothing but time, so let me just... Yeah. And then you get into a routine. That's the biggest thing, was like yeah. just finding a routine, a cadence right. of something that just kept me busy, kept me going. And so I was like, why not? You were like, like Booker T coming. <laughs> <laughs> that was so hard. Like not being an athlete. It's all like neck bones, sucker. <laughs> oh. Not not being an athlete, but like the uh -huh. structure and the schedule. And right. like, right. now I'm like, well, well I have to make my own. Here. Like, I don't, mm -hmm. yeah. But I signed up for, for boxing. Oh, and okay. Oh, oh, hey, watch out. Don't mess with Damn. me. Hey, better watch Don't mess with me. Hey. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, oh, Abdo Creed. Hey. Hey. Who are we taking in this fight? Damn. I don't know. I 
Wait, now anything. you're gonna jump ship? Now nobody's I Team K? I, I didn't say, I didn't say anything about not being I'll Team K. I'll be Team K because I haven't learned one thing about how to throw <laughs> I've seen you work. Yeah. I've seen hey, you hit that I bag. Know got, I know Malik got, got you right. over the whole panel here. What you mean? <laughs> oh, I see how you turn on your punches, I think. <laughs> To be able to be elite at 39, though, right, you, you have to That's take dope. care in so many different areas. Now yeah. that you're retired, are you eating what you want? Are you, like, enjoying life? Yeah. You, you do? I'm drinking what I want. Hey. And I'm, like, yeah, going to, like, all these... What were you drinking after y'all won? How much were y'all drinking? Well, that, you were talking about the, going to the club earlier. That was the first time I've been to the club in, like, 15 years. After the championship Yeah, win. and I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing up in this club? And there's, like... Did you feel old, old in the club when you yeah. felt? No, I mean I felt I felt right at home. I was like, we had our medals on. I had my boots on. We were just like, hundred percent like, of the oh, population we were, here. I come. No, we were like our go bats T-shirt. <laughs> but I was like, this out of my way. Um, where's the VIP? Um, no, I mean, we were like on stage. I mean, people had their goggles on still. I mean, it was like I was wearing my Go Bats shirt with my leather shorts and my boots, thinking I was just like this thing, um, buying drinks and doing all the stuff. They came out with the bottle serving, you know, the lights and the, you know, the women. And it was just like we were like living our best life. And I was like, okay. Um, it's like 3.30, way past my 9, 9 p.m. bedtime. Um, no, yeah, we were feeling ourselves having the best time. So that was the last time I've been Are you on a, some type of diet? Like, are you no, gluten-free, really, vegan, any of no, that? I'm really, no, I'm really doing it all. I haven't really restricted myself mm -hmm. at all. But soon I have to. Charlie, Charlie's been doing the same. Charlie, <laughs> Charlie's on a free diet, meaning yeah. he's free from any restrictions. <laughs> What'd you make of... The whole Women's World Cup experience, because you won two. Mm. You watching this next generation? Yeah. Is it generation? Is it coaching? Is it Other you know? Because Carly, are catching up. You, I'm sure you saw Carly Lloyd's episode, and yeah. she was like, "These youngins, they, they just they don't get it." Basically. She's always she's always <laughs> that way. She said that about me probably <laughs> when I came on the team. Um, I always want to support our young young players. It's not better or worse, it's just different. You can't really compare because everything in the environment changes. The culture, the mentality, the coaches, the players, the you know, the personnel, it's it the formations. It's almost like your experience is obviously going to be very different. The mentality is going to be very different because people grow up in different environments and cultures and it's like you can never compare. It's hard. Yeah. Do I think we could have won? Of course, we have the best players in the world. Do I think the coaching probably could have been better? The leadership probably could have been better? Yeah, of course. But you never know what people are going through in those, in those times. And also, I don't want to make excuses. Listen, like you can set, you, you, I think we obviously could have been better and set up for more success because our young players are so talented. But do you feel completely comfortable in what you said? We have the best players. We, the US, have the best players in the world yeah. right now? I think we do. I don't know necessarily if the best players for that tournament were chosen. So you have the best oh. players, but that might not have been the best team. Yeah. Selection. And the best team doesn't always mean you have to have the best players on it. The best team is a good mix of um, personnel with leadership and different qualities. Sometimes, um, I don't know. It, it's obviously that, that coaching position and, and choosing a team is probably the most difficult thing. And I can't put myself in those shoes because 
Um, I've never been there, and I never want to do that. Did you think that Emma Hayes was the right pick moving forward? I do. I do. I think she's going to be amazing. I don't think she's going to take any shit from any other players, and she's going to be like, listen, you got to prove yourself day in and day out, and if you don't, I'll just choose the next person that can. Mm -hmm. And I think all the entitlement might go out the window, and people are going to have to roll their sleeves up and show up and do the work because they're not going to have any room to, to not be the best. Is mm-hmm. that the biggest quality up. that she's going to bring that's different than what was there previously? Like that yeah. fact that she can come in and have no yeah. fear, no qualms to say, nah, yeah, we're moving on from you? Yeah, I also think like watching the team, I don't know, I, I, just watching it from just a fan supporter perspective, I wasn't sure if we had an identity um, and, you know, the, the a specific style that we were trying to go for. And that was really difficult for me to watch. Um, you know, because I knew it was there. I knew they just needed that leadership and that organization to to bring it out of them. Um, but I think that's what she has too, that mm. quality of knowing her identity of what she wants and what's expected and the roles and responsibilities along with what style and the personnel she wants. Mm-hmm. And so that is, I think, from the very beginning, from top down, you have to have as a leader. So you're super optimistic about the direction that the program's going, the young players that are coming through. Obviously, you're closer to that than than we are, right, in terms yeah. of seeing the current status of uh, the players, but then also the younger player pool that's coming up. Yeah, I am. I am excited for the younger players. I do think the mentality is a lot different. You can't really compare once again. It's just different. Um, and it's going to take time through experience that helps. Like, I was also not a pro when I first came onto the team. And I had to sit my butt right on that bench. And Pia was like, let's watch. Even if you are, you know, maybe your qualities are different um, than Mitt's, that you still have to watch how she's a professional. Like, that's why she's out there is because she's more of a pro and you need to watch her and mm-hmm. how she operates. And I was like, huh, okay. And I sat my ass right down <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> you know, I'm like ready to go. Um, but that's how it was. And I was like, listen, I'm all ears and I'm like, you know, watching her move and watching her play and how she like just navigates in the camp. And I was like, okay, this is what I need to do to succeed. And that was also helpful. Um, I don't think that's what it is now. Right. A lot of the younger players, they come in, they're like, I'm the best of the best. I was just the best mm-hmm. in my club. I was just the best in my high school. I was just the best wherever I was on the youth national team. And now I'm here and I'm like, I'm ready to start. It's like, no, that's not how it works. You have to have the experience and be put in situations in order to grow and get better. Did you, so do you, because I hear that right, and a part of it excites me. Yeah. Right, that these kids come in, these younger yeah. players come in, and they have that confidence already. Right. Because as you said, normally that confidence comes from being humbled, and then mm-hmm. you get you gain it from getting experience and yeah. having to like earn your stripes. Right. So, do you think that responsibility lies with these younger players coming in to kind of humble themselves, or with the existing players there to kind of like, hey, listen, this is what it means? I remember when I first I- came to the national team. It was like eight players that were in ink already, and it was like a few of us just trying to scratch our name and just trying to scribble our name on the on the team sheet. You know what yeah. I mean? And straight away we came into the team, and these guys humbled us. They kept yeah. us honest. Well, I feel like I feel like it's a balance, though. I agree with what you're saying, and I agree with what you're saying, I, but I and also agree, agree with the mentality of some of the players that are coming in like that because you got to believe in yourself. You don't believe in yeah, yourself. Nobody else. For sure. So you got to come in thinking I'm a, I'm gonna be playing, right? For sure. And it's up to you to fight 
when you're put in situations like, all right, you're going to come on as a sub. What are you going to do with your minutes, right? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, like fighting every day to, to become a starter and, and all that kind of yeah. thing. I think a lot of it comes from the coach of creating a culture where you have to earn it, right? right. Through, the, through playing during the week. If you're performing, then you should be starting on the weekend and mm -hmm. creating that type of atmosphere. But I think having that mentality of believing that you're the best, even though that you're a rookie coming in, but also you have to be humbled enough to, when you have situations that you just don't let it be like, man, I quit, I'm done, I need but, to go to a new but, club. Be like, I'm, I'm gonna show them what's up. Right, I'm gonna show yeah, them right, I'm getting right. to But I ask you that question right. because the U.S. women's national team has had a decorated history of success, right? Yeah. When even in comparison to the men's national team, it's always been the women are here, we're chasing, trying to get on that same international recognition. So I, I ask that question that way because I'm saying, do you feel like a lot of people pointed out coaching that it was Vladko who dropped the ball and this and that, but I'm saying, when you talk about a culture, I agree that a coach kind of can institute a culture, but I also think there's a responsibility on the players to carry on that tradition. And I use the example of when I came in because I had veteran players who straight away were like, look, you think you're some cool kid who knows how to do X, Y, and Z, but this is what it means to be on the national team. And so is that responsibility on the players? Is it on the coach? Like, where do you see that? I see that on, okay, so I see that on the coach and the leadership to really set the, set the tone. And that's like the first day that you walk into the first meeting. For example, Juan, when I walked into the first meeting for Gotham last season, after coming off of our worst season ever and being in last place, I was like, all right, what is, let's see how he's gonna set the tone here and what's expected of us. And the first meeting right away, it was like, this is what we're doing. This is the plan. This is how we're gonna get there. This is what I need from you. And that's it. And if you can't do that, I'll find somebody who's gonna be able to do that. And even for me as a captain, like, and a veteran player and with you know the experience I have, I didn't expect to step out on the field every single day. I knew I had to show up and, and perform because he was easily like, if you're not gonna be doing your job, you're kicking the ball out of bounds, like I'm gonna find, you know, someone else to fill your spot. So like just because I'm putting you in this position doesn't mean like you have a free you're ride. Exempt. Yeah. And so I think that stems from the leadership and that is why we want. And going back to the national team, I'm saying to myself thinking, okay, Vlaco has had maybe four or five years with this squad. Juan had one season, eight months, he got us whipped into shape and it stemmed from leadership and it stemmed from expectations and roles and how like he wanted to play and how he wanted his team to look. And that's the difference. And I think that's why I go back to leadership and um, the quality of that and how it can really change a team. Would you ever go into coaching? Yeah, I would love to just be like a defensive coach, to be mm -hmm. honest. Okay. Or like an assistant. I'm too nice to cut people. I'm like, listen, You're good cop. you look great, yeah. I love your hairstyle, <laughs> you know, everything looks good, but like, I... But I'm gonna text you And the, I, I love your personality, <laughs> you the team. you're such a good teammate, but like, you I'm need not to keep gonna the ball keep you in the squad. Like, I, I would be like, okay, this is awful. We were talking about like those moments when you get cut and it feels like, like for you certainly, that's a moment that has stuck with you. Like you remember it so very clearly, what you felt in that moment. Is that one of the worst moments as a soccer player that for you sure. can experience? Yeah. Especially when, you're when, you're, when your, your name ain't on the list. Well, I've never been cut, the so. Your name like, sure it's on there somewhere and then you ain't on the list, bruh. I have been cut really bad. I've been cut really bad, She can't even relate. No, I was cut really bad. When were you cut? I was kidding. No, I want to hear. I want to hear. I don't. No. I'm like back to me. She can't relate. She can't relate with failure. No, I want to hear what you had to say first. I, I cut you off. I'm sorry. No, you're good. No, I was just saying like the worst is when like, when you're young and 
I mean, it's, it never feels good to get cut throughout your whole life. But, like, to go and look at the list, like when you're in regional camp or state mm. team or trying to be national team, they say, who makes it? And you go look up your name. Surely they messed up looking <laughs> around. And, like, and then it's like dealing with, like, knowing that mm -hmm. everybody you told that you were going to try out and also for yourself and, like, you know, but it's just fuel to your fire. You gotta, you either, it either makes you or breaks you. And for me, it was always like, all right, when were I'm, I'm gonna show them. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna show, it's payback. When were you it's cut? It's gonna be payback from way back. When were you cut? Um, 2017 from the national team. Devastating. For like no reason. I didn't even know what the reason was. They were inviting in young players, and I was like, cool, like I'll see you in January. And like nothing, crickets. And I was like, okay, did we just break up? Like, what's going on? You know, like <laughs> when you don't get closure, you're just like, oh, okay. You know, I never got closure. And I was just like, okay, I guess I just have to, you know, make them like, I don't know. I just make it difficult well, for them to ignore you. me. Like, I was like, I want to be in 2019. I don't know why I'm not there. I feel like I could be there and help mm. the team. And and all these younger kids were coming up. And, and then two, two months before World Cup, the last camp, I got a call back. Two years later, a year and a half later, two years later, yeah, 2019. I got cut in 2017, and then I came back in 2019, right before World Cup. That has to World feel Cup, like the weird, last camp. weird, though, right? Because you're so excited that you get the call, but you're also like filled with resentment that, hey, why didn't you call me all this yeah. time? Right but I had camp. said on the phone, I said, listen, I don't want to talk about the past. I am in such a new, like, I'm in a new space. I'm in, like, I'm so motivated. What do you need from me? I'm there. Like, okay. I'm wow. ready to help this team win. And so, that was how you genuinely felt? That's how I genuinely felt. Back in my mind, I was like, oh, we're gonna talk about this later, but, um, <laughs> you know, like, no. I, I was like, this is, I'm in a different space, and I, like, don't, what's the point of talking about that? Like, I'm, two years later, it's like, mm. all right. Um, I said, what do you need from me? I'm ready to help you win and the team win, so, like, let me know. Do, do you think you found it hard to forgive Jurgen for when he cut you? I remember you telling me the story about how it happened, and you kind of you you saw that it was coming, oh, yeah. and you were like, "How do I want to avoid this?" I was situation. trying to like go back and do yeah, extra work. It was so like Matrix. <laughs> he tried to. <laughs> the way it happened for us was we were we were at our camp was at Stanford, mm. and we were in like two different groups doing whatever regeneration. Yeah. One group was doing one group mm. was in the gym, and we're walking back down to the facility, and you can as we're walking down this hill, it's like a pretty steep hill, and you're gonna at the in front of the training ground or a training facility. And I see him talking to another player. It's one-on-one. -on -one. And I'm just casually talking to whoever I'm talking to, watching it happen. And then I see them kind of like shake hands and the player walk away. You could tell body language, right? And I'm like, hold on, what's, what's happening here? Yeah, there was no yeah. discussion that this was going to be happening. But you knew. But I knew he was cut. I knew this guy, is, he's leaving camp the way that they, their exchange ended. So I'm like, damn, that sucks for him. That ain't about to be me. So I'm just minding my business, just still talking. Yeah. <laughs> Jurgen's like there as we're getting closer. I'm like, I ain't going that direction. <laughs> And he's like, hey, Mo, let me talk to you. Oh. Straight away, I was like, oh, damn. All right, well, yeah. And so that's how it played out. And so, of course, I'll never forget it because... It was like in passing? He was just like, hey, let me talk to you real quick, you know? And Did he give you, like, a congrats? Like, what? Kind of like opposite, a, Was bro. there any positivity in that conversation? Or was it like... It, I mean, what do you? What positivity can you take from like? Me? Keep going. I think you've done well. Bro, who you know, wants like, to hear that? Right. I know. It was, it was just. It was just. More was there anything? I'm like, you need like, me more than I need you, honey. Uh, you said I'm, you're I'm, the opposite. How? I'm, I'm opposite in terms of like, man. Any of those situations happen, boy? That's resentment, straight up. <laughs> Ooh, I ain't even lying. Like, let's just. It was talking about my last time, last games with the national team. Like, I went from, you know, coming back from two heart procedures, making an impact. I thought in games. 
And you know, whether it was goal or assist, my numbers next to other people's numbers was, was, was up there or, or better. And I felt towards the end, it was like, I was a super sub. And then especially at the very end, he came up to me after the Trinidad thing. And he's like, hey, Bruce came up to me. He's like, man, I really appreciate you going out there and giving your all. And I'm like, the fuck you mean? Every time I go out there and give my all, like, I felt like I could have made a difference. Like, you put me in after it was two nothing. Mm. And they come on and, and, and try to save the situation. And so it's like, I've always, since then, boy, I felt, I felt a certain type of way. If you text me, I ain't texting back. Straight up. <laughs> so if you saw right day, now. To this day. <laughs> to this day. To this day. To this day. To this day. That's just how I feel. Unless we have a conversation yeah. and it's cool, that's how I feel. Hey, Bruce might text him, right? But also, like. Hey, I ain't going to lie. He texted me after it. I didn't text back because I'm... I'm just that hurt. I'm that upset about it because it's like yeah. us not qualifying for the World mm. Cup. That cut me deep. That that's something that mattered to me. I just felt I deserved to end it a certain way. That my last game is a damn away game in Trinidad, and all I got was hey, thanks for going out and try and, and being one of the only ones that you know gave it their all. It's like that's what I always. Did. I came back from two heart procedures. Mm, yeah. I'm doing it because this matters, but that's just how I felt. Have you had situations like that personally yeah, where you felt unvalued by a coach? Absolutely. When I got cut in 2017, um, I definitely didn't feel valued or appreciated in that moment. But I, I couldn't take that personally. It's so hard not to, right? Mm -hmm. Not every coach is going to value what you bring. Um, you just have to keep proving yourself on the field and make an impact. And it's difficult when you go through that mentally, right? And you're just like, F you, you know, like I'm showing up for the team, but I'm also like making you look good. Um, winning World mm -hmm. Cups and things, um, so it's hard, yeah. Do you have a, a lowest moment and a, and a highest moment in football? Lowest There's a few highs then. for you, I just wonder which is the one that you yeah. say. Lowest, low, I'll start with the lowest would be, yeah, maybe getting cut, um, and then um, I guess my ACL injury, 2012, when we were winning like 7 nothing against Dominican Republic, I think it was Dominican Republic. And then they end up going to London and they win gold medal and I like wasn't a part of that. Mm -hmm. um, and that was right after 2011 World Cup. So it was like, you know, I was, thought I was playing the best football. So like getting that injury was devastating. Um, and then getting cut. And then the good times, yeah, I mean. So where do I start? <laughs> no, what I, I'm like, do we have another I'm hour? <laughs> do we have, well, I didn't bring my sleepy back. No, I, I think the World Cups and then um, ending my career recently on the stage, confetti falling, like Kids are there. in the year that I had. Yeah, I, I think um, that was probably like mm -hmm. the most special. Like Midge told me this too, like you completed football. That's and a that pretty dope me, thing for someone to yeah, say. That's an incredibly that privileged position to be in to feel really like is. I achieved everything I wanted to achieve in this game. But earned. Yeah, but I did. Earned. I did. I did. Yeah. When's the book coming out then? Because I mean, you, I'm, <laughs> I'm working on that. I'm working on that. Are you? The story's Tell not off. done. <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to write a book. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. New phase. We appreciate yeah, your your honesty and your candidacy. It's, Thank it's been, you. It's been very cool talking to you. Thank you so much Thank for coming. Thank you. Through. Thanks for having me. It's enjoyable to sit with you all too. I feel safe and comfortable and expressing, you know, parts of my life. Oh, uh, listen, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. you. Thank you. Good to meet you. Good to meet you. Thanks for the time. Oh, you thought I was done? Oh, my God. No.